0: Hello and welcome to the New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry Podcast. Here, we share the Word of God for the people of God to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. Our desire is for everyone to not just know what their purpose is, but to live it out fully. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the Word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with, make room wherever you are at, and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go.
1: Our main scripture is going to come from John 10, verses 1 through 6, and I'm going to read the main scripture out of New King James Version. Once again, John 10, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Amen. So it reads, starting at verse 1, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follows him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them about. And so on today, what I want to focus on as a main theme Continuing on in our Steadfast series, it's talking about steadfast communication on today. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and praise you for today. We truly give you glory and honor that is due your name. We are thankful, Father God, for all that you allow to transpire on today up to this point. We are thankful, Father God, for safe traveling that you've granted unto us, Father God, And we are thankful, Father God, that we are yours, God. Father God, as we all veil ourselves unto you on today, Father God, as we Father God, raise the hallelujah in your name that we return to the heart of worship, Father God, that we declare and decree that you, our God, reigns, Father God, and that we're able to do all the things that you told us we can do in Jesus' name, Father God. We continue, Father God, to stand, Father God, for your, your words. Stand for the kingdom of God. Stand, Father God, for righteousness and holiness, Father God, knowing that mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our lives. So, Father God, we pray right now in this space, Father God, that any heavy burden that we may have brought in, Father God, it is set to the side in the name of Jesus. It is, Father God, remove off of us in the name of Jesus, Father God, that we remove any heaviness that may be trying to overtake our joy and our peace right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father God, we break through it, Father God, with a praise unto you, Father God, worshiping you, honoring you, acknowledging you, admonishing, Father God, giving you the the glory that is due Your name. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we break through, Father God, through the heaviness. We break through, Father God, through the hardship. We break through, Father God, through the tiredness. We break through, Father God, through all things that will try to hold back our praise and glory of honor of You. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we love You. We cherish You. We adore You, Father God. And we honor Your great name. In the name of Jesus, we cast our eyes to the hills which cometh our help. Knowing our help can only come from you in the name of Jesus. We don't bow to the enemy any longer, God. We surrender all to you and allow for you to decide what shall be done in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, have your way. Begin to invade any areas in our minds where we have not allowed for you the opportunity to be able to occupy the name of Jesus. Invade any dark areas within our lives, the spaces that we may be afraid to go into, Father God. Allow for us to go with you, Father God, knowing that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, Father God. Allow for us the opportunity, Father God, to grow in the grace and knowledge of you like never before, God. So, Father God, we truly thank you and we praise you and we glorify your name. Father God, I decrease so you can increase forevermore. So, Father God, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, can we charge this atmosphere with a victorious praise? Like never before in the name of Jesus, can you give God 15 seconds of a victorious praise? If you need to stand to your feet, stand to your feet. If you're at home, stand where you're at, but give God 17 seconds of an amazing praise out of the fruit of your lips, out of the well that you have, of all the amazing things God has done in your life, for your family, in the name of Jesus. We have to learn to give ourselves permission to praise God. We sometimes fall victim of trying to fit our praise within the box that the world gives us. When we are not designed to follow the world's plan. We're designed to follow God's plan. And so part of being atmosphere shifters means that we change up the game wherever we may go. And part of that is using our praise in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, for those, whether you're online or in person, who have never met me before, my name is O.C. Lowry III. And I know, it's amazing, right? And I am one of the the pastors here at New Begins Discipleship Ministries. Now, for those who know me, I normally present the word through a teaching lens using a lot of scriptures, as well as use real world connections to attempt to link all the pieces together. Now, I'm still going to use that approach on today, but I'm going to layers, more personal examples than I have previously. So it's going to be between preaching, teaching and a bit of a testimony. Now, for those who know me, you're probably looking at me and saying in your mind, he always weaves all those things together. So why does he feel like he has to say it now? Well, I'm saying it because this time's a little bit different. Because about a year ago, I stood before the congregation, and I shared that I was accepting the role of the associate principal within a school in our school district. Now, if you notice since then, I haven't really talked too much about my experience. One, because I want to keep my job. But two, because I needed to complete the experience and see what part God wanted to pull out of the journey that I took on. And that's a lesson right there is that when God gives you a position or elevation or a task, there's a period in which you get to talk and you share all these things, but there's other moments where you just got to be quiet and go through it because you want to make sure that we have a full-fledged testimony and that we've learned the full lesson that is there. And so that's the journey that I went through this past year. Now, I'm not going to share all of the things that I've experienced, but once again, I want to keep my job, but I will share part, at least this part that God has kind of added to the arsenal that he used to show me a little bit deeper within the kingdom of God. Amen. So as I share what God has me to share on today, um, I'm going to end up saying this phrase and I'm going to need you to respond back with a phrase back to me. Okay, now I know Gram- Grandma Barr, I'm giving people things to do during the sermon. I know, it's, it's the teacher in me that's coming out. Okay, but it's just what I do, all right? So here's what it is going to say, okay? So I am going to say it on the screen. There we go. So I'm going to say, can you hear me now? Your response is loud and clear. Okay, let's give it a try. Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Okay, that was a good one. Strong, strong, strong. Now, for those that are online, obviously I cannot hear your voices. So in the chat, when I say it, you can do hashtag um, LAC when we get to those points, amen? All righty. So on today, we're gonna venture into the topic of steadfast communication. Now, I have a question to ask everyone, including our online family. The question is, what occupations are you aware of that requires a radio to communicate. Now this is the moment where you get to actually talk to me and I'm going to share your answers on the mic so everyone can hear, okay? And online, we'll figure out how to get your responses as well. So I'll repeat the question. What occupations are you aware of that requires a radio to communicate? Security, wow, top-flash security. What'd you say? Policemen, firemen. Retail, factory, airport, medical, medical, deep sea diver as we've learned so far today. Any other, huh? Family, Family, truck driver, any other occupations we can think of? We'll talk about that a little bit more. That's that's a borderline. What'd you say? Hall monitors. Okay. Okay, Pats Kamika, anyone who came online? Nope. Okay. Awesome, awesome. So one of the things that I received in my new role as a soldier principal was a two-way radio. Okay. So it is actually this one right here. Okay. I know. Now, don't judge me because of my red rat stickers. I had to make sure I identified which one's mine. Cause people were trying to share in germs. So I had to make sure I identify which one's mine. But one of the things I received was a two way radio. And so I'm gonna focus on that part on today. Now, Grandma Barb, one major things about this two way radio is that it was actually an identifier that separated me from my former role of being a classroom teacher. Because during that time, I only used the phone to be communicated with. And so I knew if my phone rang, you wanted to talk to me, so I answered. So I didn't necessarily have a two-way radio at that point. But once I got this radio, I quickly learned that the students knew what that radio meant. That none of them thought I was a classroom teacher. Now, it took someone about a year to figure out what my role actually was in the building, because I was new to the building, but the one fact they knew is that I was not, no longer a classroom teacher. And so there was an identifier that came with the radio that I was provided with. Now, for us as people of God, we have to understand this is that as God continues to promote us and move us up, or even if he doesn't, he builds us where we're at. There should be things that occurs or identifiers that are add on to us, that people can quickly identify that we are different, that we are that special and peculiar people that God talks about in 1 Peter 2 and 9. There has to be something different about us for people to identify that they're potentially something we don't don't connect to. The biggest thing we have to recognize is that God is looking for us to be in the world, but not of the world. And for us to recognize that as we are in the world, that this is an away game for us. Home is heaven. So this is an away game. OK, so that means that we don't have a home field advantage, except that we are the church, except that we're connected to the kingdom of God and that we're not worried about having a home field advantage because we have a God who is undefeated. We have a God who has already conquered the world. We have a, we serve a elder brother who has keys to death, hell and the grave. We serve a, a God who even created the earth by speaking it into existence and giving order where there was chaos. And you go back to Genesis one and one. And so with that, we have to understand that in the midst of the radio, in the midst of us as kingdom of uh, being members of the kingdom of God, that we are designed to rule, dominate, and occupy until Jesus Christ comes back. And if no one can see the difference inside of us, then we have to question, are we becoming the world or are we changing the world around us to become like the kingdom of heaven? Can you hear me now? You got it. Good job. Good
0: job. Okay what we got
1: there awesome awesome all right so before we go any further let's make sure that we are all using the same definition when it comes to the phrase steadfast communication now communication is defined as the imparting or exchanging of information or news a letter or message containing information or news the successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings and Pastor Mika, if you want to make that the full screen, you can by clicking display screen. There we go. So um, God is looking for us to have successful conversations with him. That last definition in communication really stuck out to me in research because you can think you're talking to someone, but if there's no like give and take or no identifying what happened, it's not a successful communication or conversation. You, could be, you can talk all you want to a brick wall, but if it never talks back to you, you don't know if they've received the message. So for those in Bible study, this is why Apostle always asks us a question. What did you learn? This is why Apostle always asking us, and it seems annoying, like, ask me the question. But she needs to know what message did you receive. And to compare it to, was that the objective, or did something twist it just a little bit to where now it's all tracked to the direction God gave her to take us? So we have to understand that God is looking for us to have those successful conversations, those successful communication, those successful talks to us. But in the midst of it, we also have to understand that we are, he's looking for it to be steadfast. So as we continue to go back to the word steadfast, we understand that it is defined as to be firm and movable, seated, and um, sedentary. God is looking for us to be committed constant, persistent, and firm in our communications with him. Communication is a pillar, and some is the pillar in relationship building with God and man. The way we must communicate with God is through prayer. So we have to keep in mind that prayer is the way that we talk to God, and that that prayer has to to go both ways, like a two-way radio. It's the direct route that God has to communicate with us. Regardless regards to the situation. So when we continue to talk about prayer, we continue to press upon that, it's because God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to, he wants to be able to hear our voice. He wants us to know how to use our voice and he wants us to be able to stay connected to him. And so for us, we have to also be consistent in our conversations with God. We have to be very precise because we have to understand that when we talk about being disciples, part of that word is meaning to be disciplined. And so being disciplined means that we also are very consistent, we're very regimented, in making sure we're connected to God. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 says, pray without ceasing, which means we're constantly, talk, constantly, constantly, constantly talking to God. Amen? Still with me? Can you hear me now? All righty. So one of the lessons that I had to learn as I took on this new role is I had to learn the voices that would talk through this radio. Now, it's not on, because I don't know what, I don't know if anyone's using it today and I ain't trying to get in trouble, but the way I have it right now, if I were to turn it on and listen to someone, everyone can hear the conversation, right? So, what I had to go through, and Ms. Veld, I thought about you when I had to go through this, is I had to find the earpiece that would fit me. Now I know, Ms. Velda, I failed you because there's no color to it. They're all gonna be black. I know it's, I ain't trying to give kids no reason to pull something on me. But I went through trying to find the um, adapt, the um, adapter that would fit my ear and be custom to me, but would also be connected to the actual radio because I can mess it up if I don't have the right plug for it. Right? And the reason why that's important is because I don't want everyone to hear the important information that's being shared. And so I need to find something that would be in my ear. But as I f- did that journey and figured out what fit me, I then had to figure out, well, what's my code name? Okay, let me explain a little different. Okay. I had to figure out what name they would call me by to try to get my attention because I'm not the only person on the radio. There's a team of people who's on that same channel, so I needed to know when they're calling for me. And in the classroom, Charlie, I never allowed the kids to call me by my first name. For me, I considered it a sign of disrespect. It's just the way I grew up. It's, call it the Southern thing. That's what it was. But what I learned, see, I see Ms. Valda, don't, 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 don't just call me O.C. Like, whoa, we ain't cool like that. Now, last name, I'll give you some flexibility. Mr. Lowry, Mr. L, Mr. Lola. Mr. something my last name, got you. Cool. O.C., I'm annoying you as a student. We ain't that cool, and no. But what I learned is that now I'm talking to adults. And so now when you say my last name on the radio, it sounds like someone else's name. So now I have to figure out, and we have to change the code of, what do you call me so I can pick you up and know that you're talking to me in the midst of everyone else? And I had to ensure I knew what it was because they had to learn what I would respond to as much as I had to learn what they would say. Not to mention, trying to pick up people's voices without them identifying themselves, I felt like I was back in 1995 before caller ID, being like, who's calling me? Like, who are you? Like, this ain't working for me, right? But what's so interesting about the word of God, if you ever never realized it, you will experience something naturally, and then God will show you in the scripture where that same situation happened. And that situation happens to Samuel when we look at 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. To give you a bit of a setup, Samuel was the promised child to Hannah. And when God gave Hannah Samuel, she gave him to service to the Lord. And so Samuel was under the toolage of Eli serving in the temple. And in this particular time, Samuel kept going to sleep, and he kept hearing someone call his name. And so when you pick it up at verse 6, so 1 Samuel 3, picking up at verse 6, it says, Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli. Remember, that's who was responsible for him. And said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Then Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he did it once, twice, the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. There we go. You call me. Then Eli, then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servants here. Now, it can be seen, now, it can seem like we know, like we need to learn a whole new language or code when we speak to God. But that's not true. Samuel spoke to God like he would speak to Eli. Reverence, respect, but he didn't use any new words. He didn't even speak to God in tongues at that point. He just spoke to him. And one of the major barriers that we see with new believers is they think that they have to change up the way they talk. Now, of course, do you cuss at God? No. But, like, all the other words that you have, just talk to him. Just have the conversation. He's going to be able to understand the language that you speak. He's going to be able to understand your voice. And in fact, if you get into that moment where you're crying and tearing and you are just bumbling and there's no words, he even activated Holy Spirit to translate the moaning, groans, and tears of people to be able to share with him what they're actually trying to say. So that's another um, another, uh, characteristic of Holy Spirit that we talked about from Pentecost. Amen? So in the midst of it, for me, in the journey of learning the voices, I had to learn who was calling me when, their voice, their tone, their inflection, and all that. So I eventually learned it. And in the midst of it, I also started to ask, when you call for me, can you say who's calling so I can know who it is? Because some of y'all voices are the same, and I don't know who is who. Now, I could tell male from female. I got that. Unless it's early in the morning. But I got that part. But other than that, I don't know who's calling me, especially with some of the shift uh, staff changes that we had. I don't know your voice yet. So we got to go through this relationship to figure out um, who's who and where it goes. But did you catch in the scripture with Samuel that Eli was able to help Samuel with that translation and transition of hearing God's voice? See, we can take from this one or two things, either A, Eli had to go through the same thing to learn, his, learn God's voice for himself? Or God gave Eli those instructions to tell Samuel. One or the other had to happen. So why, why are we bringing this up? Well, when we talk about steadfast communication, yes, we have to have steadfast communication with God one-on-one. But remember, it's not just about us and God it's about God's people, all of us. And there's a phase in which we have to transition from being Samuel to being Eli. And recognizing that if we know how to hear God's voice, that we're able to pick up when someone else is coming to us saying, I don't know which voice is talking, to be able to help them to break down what it is. Do you, and we do this already naturally. Do you realize how if someone starts to talk to you, that you pick up a word or a phrase or a tone, you can already figure out that's not your own thought someone that someone said that to you or you're talking like this person or you're talking like that person and recognizing oh that's the error that you're referring to i see you shaking your head and that's the thing because the thing about it is Eli went through that experience and either pulled from his experience and realized, oh, this is Samuel, and I'm like, something else is going on, or God gave Eli the instructions. So for us, if we take the position of pulling from our experience, going through this before, recognizing the voice because we have God's word and we hear it constantly, what ends up happening, we end up having to activate this thing that Ms. Velda constantly always go back to, and it's a word, she always says it. The sermon. We have to be able to activate the sermon in ourselves to be able to teach someone else how to vet the voices that they're hearing as they learn and their their, uh, muscle is strengthened to be able to understand what they see. Now, if you want to know more about vetting the voices, you can go ahead and visit our YouTube channel and click on the playlist about vetting the voices or emotional intelligence. Because it's a little bit deeper than that. But the part I want to highlight here with steadfast communication Is that there's a phase we have to go through where we're trying to learn God's voice and to separate it from the voices of others. Remember, go back to the main scripture a sheep will follow the voices of the leader. And for us, we are designed to follow the voice of Jesus Christ and God. But it also says that they will not follow stranger voices. And we have to understand that we have to identify who is God voice compared to other people's voices because what happens a lot when we start having voices talking we start to recognize and we have a hard time deciphering is it our own mind talking to us or is that God talking and it can seem sometimes that we're going crazy but we have to have others around us to be able to support us now for those who may be wondering is this the only time that happens well we go back a couple books and we look at the book of exodus there we go Chapter 3, verse 4, what we find is Moses being called by God on behalf of the children of Israel. And it says, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, this is to the burning bush, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, He said, Here I am. So this is another moment where Moses had to acknowledge God's voice and he responded. Now, if you're wondering, well, this is just Old Testament, it can't happen in the New Testament. I will present to you Paul, who originally was Saul, in Acts 9, 3 through 5, when he was taking a leisurely stroll to the road, on down the road to Damascus, to follow up killing those of the way. And God had to snatch him up and get his attention. It reads, starting at verse 3. And he, this is Saul, who's going to turn to Paul, Journey, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gowns. In both cases, what we recognize is that God is speaking. And in both incidents, we recognize that people respond. And in both cases, we acknowledge that they didn't have to guess who it was. Saul kind of questioned, but we've talked about his story another day. The part that was important is they identified God's voice in the midst of it. And so for us, as we go through, keep in mind, we are going to have to learn God's voice, especially when we talk about steadfast communication, because at all times there's going to try to be interference that's trying to derail us and try to twist the voice. If you want to reference what I'm talking about of something trying to to the voice, go back to Genesis 3. Look at Eve. Because sometimes with the communication, it's gonna then become what we do with that exact part. Can you hear me now? So another part that I had to learn in this journey was to be ready to respond. Now, when I got the radio, it came with a lot of responsibilities, such as maintenance or upkeep of the radio. That's why it look so clean. Learning the volume of the thing, because people can talk loud and talk soft. Finding the right earpiece, as I talked about earlier. Staying on the right channel, because my hips be changing it from time to time. So I learned how sensitive that knob was. You can laugh, I got big hips, I know. But the major command that was given to me was to be ready to respond. Having the radio is like being on a plane and sitting in the exit row. You have extra room, but the room comes with a purpose. The roles would be that if things go the wrong direction, that you would be able and be willing to fulfill the duties assigned to the door. With the radio, I accepted the responsibility to respond to all calls that came through the radio for me to complete. Now, when we talk about praying to God or speaking to God and listening to his words, we are accepting the responsibility to move based on his instructions. It will not always make sense when we are moving, but it will make sense at some point through the journey. There are times God will show us the destination. Other times he just won't. There are times he will tell us exactly how to do something prior to getting to it. And other times he will wait until we are standing at our Red Sea or in the designated city without sight to tell us what comes next. The thing we cannot lose sight of is that we are qualified to handle God's mission, vision, and purpose when he gives it to us. See, when I got the radio, I didn't go through radio training. I was given the radio and was told to go. Matter of fact, when I got the radio, the whole team wasn't there to even start walking through it. So I had to learn by fire what the codes were, how we're going to talk to each other. What channel, well, I knew what channel to be on. I was told that from the beginning. But I need to understand, I need to go through the trial to figure out what the, the spacing would be, the groove is, and all those things. And there are times in which God is going to put us in situations where we quickly think we're not qualified to handle the task. We're not qualified to handle the assignment. We're not qualified to do the various things. And we have to end up addressing this voice of disqualification that will try to arrive. And in the midst of attacking the voice of disqualification, it is a proactive strike that dismantled the predictable attacks of the enemy. We must know and believe what Romans 8 uh, 28-31 through says about us. In the Amplified Version, what it starts to say is the following. It says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for the good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. For those whom he foreknew, which means and loved and chose beforehand, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honor among many believers. And those whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified. Declare free of the guilt of sin. You are declared free of the guilt of the sin that the enemy has tried to put back on you through the blood of Jesus in Jesus name. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? Remember, we talked about part of having communication is successfully conveying messages one to another, especially to God. If God is for us and all those interference that will try to come in and derail will fall to the ground. Because that is our heritage according to Isaiah 54, that they will not prosper. It will be formed. It may even go off, but it shall not prosper in Jesus' name. And so in the midst of talking about this voice of disqualification, in the midst of being ready to respond, we have to understand that when God tells us we're set in this battle, we're going to be able to handle it according to him. But we also have to understand that we don't have to have all the answers when we walk in because we have a God, we serve a Lord who has the answer to all. But it's up to us to activate the one who has the answer to the test that's before us. James 1, 5 through 8 says this. his ways. In other words, in the midst of being ready to respond, in the midst of fulfilling the task God has given you, whether it's yearly, monthly, or daily, or even hourly, the thing is, is we have to keep in mind that it is okay to ask for assistance from God. It is okay to ask assistance from God. It is okay to ask for assistance from God. It is okay to ask God questions on what shall be done. It is okay to present things to God. Like we said with Samuel, talk to God like you would talk to anyone else. And if you start and you read all of Exodus 3, you will see where well, Moses berated God with a host of questions before he went back to Egypt, which by the way, was the land in which there was a death warrant with his name on it, but he didn't realize that that was already canceled, but we'll keep in Jesus' name. So in the midst of it, he still asked questions. Abraham, when you talk about Solomon Gomorrah, he asked God multiple times, will you destroy this city if there's a certain number of righteous people in it? It is okay to ask God questions, question, and I break down the lie that anyone has told anyone, that there's no reason and no way you can ask God a question. How do you learn if you don't ask questions? How do we learn if we don't do something and say, did I get it right? There's no room for correction. He said, I will correct those whom I love. Correction is not always bad. It's that you presented God with something that you tried, and he said, no, baby, do it this way or that way. It is okay. He's not, we're not bastards. We have a father who loves us, who sits in heaven in Jesus' name. So with that, in the midst of being ready to respond, for me, I'd be ready to respond to any situation I hit the radio. Even things I wasn't prepared for. But in the midst of it, as I continued the journey on, I ended up getting new things in my arsenal. I ended up getting skilled to be able to handle the very matters that was coming before me. And I got kind of better at it. But what ended up happening, Jalil, is that my team started to realize something weird about me. And that is, I'm very cool under pressure. I'm very calm. And it freaked them out because they were like, why are you so calm about what's going on? Even to the point where this is going to be funny, Will, they forgot this was my first year to, uh, doing this position. I had multiple people looked at me and was like, we forgot this is your first year. We just forgot because of the way you carried yourself. Like you've always done this. And I'm looking at them like, you know, how many times I was in my office crying because I'm like, what am I doing? Even when I asked for help, what am I doing? And in the midst of it, all I can tell them is, because being at work, I can tell them, why would I be freaking out if I don't have all the information? That I don't have enough information to move, and it made sense to them. Of oh, well, that makes sense. Why would you move and just make a move for move? Like, that's what make things worse. Exactly. And so in the kingdom of God, the same thing happens when God gives us those divine appointments. And people start to see the way we move. And they ask us, why are you so confident? Why are you so calm? This is why we always start Bible study off with 1 Peter 3 and 15. When it talks about being ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confidence assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect because i could go hard in the paint and be like because i serve a god because i'm awesome because (laughs) but but it would have been out of character of who i am and they would not have heard the words i said they were only caught the actions that i displayed and start to call me prideful and other things against my character so in the midst of this, for us, how does that connect to the kingdom of God? Sometimes it's, not, sometimes it's not the words that you say, it's the way that you say it, to see if people actually catch it. Because if you can be consistent across the board, then they'll be able to hear you and receive you and all the things that you are trying to communicate. And it gives a way for God to be able to make a way when there wasn't one before. Can you hear me now? awesome second timothy four and two it says preach the word of god be prepared whether the time is favorable or not patiently correct rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching we have to understand that regardless of our titles regardless of position regardless if we have titles or not that god is calling for us to be prepared in season out of season when you look at it in a different version so for us when we talk about being ready to respond that's actually what we are to do as disciples We don't know who's going to walk through these doors at any point. Who's going to need that warm hug, that embrace, or someone just to let them know they're okay? Let me make it a little bit more personal to you. We don't know who's going to walk down the streets in our neighborhoods. As we're praying, as we're cutting grass, as we're on the porch, that person that you see downtrodden, that just needs someone to say hi. You know how powerful a high is to someone who had no one talk to them at all? Or someone who just got a bad call and they're trying to walk it off? That warm high can change and brighten someone's day. Because they are seen. They are recognized. And especially when you do it consistently, so you build this thing called relationship, you break down so many walls that can present itself to us. So it's in the midst of it. But where is that source? It's in that steadfast communication with God to get the assignment necessary to be able to fulfill the very task that he laid before us. And that the fact that you wonder why you're at the address that you're at, it's because you are sent to be the atmosphere changer in that era, in that region, to be able to show that God still is able to affect whether it is a home, whether it's an apartment complex, whether it's a mobile home, or whether it is an unhoused community. God still reigns. God is still there. God is still able to exceedingly and abundantly about all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Are we willing to release that power that God has given us? Are we ready to respond when he activates us? Because we can talk to God all we want and get all this information. But what point does it make to get all this information if we never use it? Or let's make it deeper. Use it for the purpose was intended. So the last point I have here, or second last point, is in the midst of this journey, I had to check the condition of my radio, make sure this bad boy was here. So through, through, throughout the year, I ended up having to replace the battery because I wasn't able to get a constant communication and connection with the team for them to be able to get messages back and forth. They would beep, they would do all these weird things. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I just put the thing on the charger. It goes from red to green. I unplug it, put it on my hip, off to the races. I don't touch these scanning buttons. I don't. Anyway. But I had to constantly check the condition of the radio to make sure it was um, where it should be and to ensure that it was functioning correctly. The same thing needs to happen when we talk to God consistently. We need to be able to identify where there's flaws, where there's a chink, where we're missing something especially if we notice that it's stale come on now y'all didn't open that bag of bread and you like this bread is stale it ain't green yet you don't see the mold but you know if you eat this slice of bread you're gonna be sick right so you gotta decide to throw it away and you wonder why was it stale because you didn't close up the bag tight enough you didn't take care of it like you were supposed to The same thing has to be the attention when we talk about having a steadfast communication with God. We have to continue to check that condition, the health of it, as we continue to talk to him. Also, in the midst of it, we have to give God the ability to give us feedback on what is going on. Remember, we're talking about two-way radio, right? So, so far, I've talked about getting the radio, talking about talking to God, getting stuff back from God. But in the midst of it, one thing that happened for me in my job is that we end up learning that we weren't closing the loop, if you will. Closing the loop means this, did a great job starting the day. I knew this time I had to turn my radio on, I knew I had to listen, all that stuff. But there was no closing mark to analyze how it went in the day. So there was no space for us to give feedback to each other on how things occurred. It was assumed that you can do it in real time. But we know people, behavior styles. Some people cannot take criticism right when you fire it off. You got to give that design time to give back feedback. So we learned that we said, okay, at the end of the day, we're going to come together. It doesn't take long, but we're going to close the loop and give an opportunity to give feedback. How many times have we took that same approach with God? How many times have we stopped to let God give us feedback on how we've done for the day? Or how many times have we been quick talking about Father God, thank you, praise you for the day. Let me go to sleep. Okay, bye. Hashtag pillow, right? We have to get better at this, people of God. If we're going to have a steadfast communication with God, we have to allow him the time to give us feedback. Matthew 7, 7 8 says it like this. Keep on asking and you will receive what you've asked for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Too quick. For anyone who asks, receives, anyone who seeks, find, and to everyone who knocks, the door will open. We have to make space for God to give us feedback on how things are going, or else we'll never know the quality that's there. Or we'll find out at the most inopportune time. Part of being disciples is being disciplined. Part of discipline is being consistent. So for those who are like, well, how do I ask God for feedback? Here's some sample questions you can take with you. And you have all permission to add on to them. Because this is not me pulling from a resource. The website says this. This is God talking to me. And so these are questions God had. You can ask them all, part of it, or whatnot. But I'll read them for those online. It says, did I represent you well today? Where did I miss you today? Where did I represent you well, meaning locationally? Did I make and fulfill each divine appointment today? Did I use your word or my own? That's a huge one. Did I say they use your words to speak, or did I use my own words? Did I allow you to direct my steps with joy or frustration? God direct my steps. Well, how did you let him, How did you let him direct your steps? Did you go kicking or screaming or did you go with joy? At the end of the day, people of God, we have to keep in mind this following thing. The steadfast communication, when we talk about the radio as an example, and there's a bevy of examples I could have used to to illustrate this point. But there's another level besides just saying, I talk to God and I listen. When you go back and you look at those accounts that I gave you earlier with Samuel and with Moses and with, with Saul who turns into Paul, all of them. When God spoke, an action was taken. When Moses, God talked to Moses, and after his billion-one questions, he went back to Egypt. When he talked to Saul, blinding him, he ended up getting to the masses through Ananias. But that was the start that he needed to turn into Paul and be the, the apostle who wrote a whole lot of the New Testament. Even for Samuel. It may seem weird, like, well, where did he go? He still was under Eli. But that was the start of his prophetic voice being strengthened. To where he could address the other Saul and says, you ain't going to be king no more. Because God said it. And also the start of him being able to identify King David in the midst of it. So through all of this, we have to keep in mind that that steadfast communication is necessary. There's actions to follow as we continue to have the steadfast communication. There's also a timing piece to it of realizing when he wants us to do which step. But in the midst of it, that steadfast communication with God is so, so important, y'all. So I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures to make sure we nail this down. Can you hear me now? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Psalms 119, 133. It says, Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Proverbs 16, and 9, it says, A man's heart plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. The directions that God's going to give us are going to come through his word, whether audibly or the Bible. And I focus a lot on the word of God when I was talking on today. But I don't want to discredit that he will speak through his word, the written word. That's another way he will communicate. And as disciples, we have to be consistent in reading his word to how those things speak to us and lift off the page. But I purposely wanted to focus on the voice of God. Since we're talking about studying the voices in Bible study, as we talked about building relationships, as we talked about those things, that was the part God showed me with the radio. A lot of responsibilities come with it. Because as I talk about co words, there's certain phrases I can say, and it was shut down the whole school. So there's a there's a responsibility to have of if I if I say this, this is what's gonna happen. If I don't say this, this is what's going to happen. If I get called, it's for a reason. There's something I am assigned to do because it was under my, under my uh, leadership and command to be able to support people, to support the overall vision of the building. The same thing is true with the kingdom of God. We all have gifts and calling that comes around repentance. But when we put those gifts and calling under the leadership of God, there ends up being areas that we are assigned to take over and to control and to manage. But even when we get that role and we get the green light, it doesn't stop us having to stay connected to God. Matter of fact, it's in those moments we have to get closer to God. And if you would love an example of that, look at Joshua. Joshua got the leadership band or role from Moses, led the people into the promised land. But the part people forget is that Joshua had to fight. But through all the battles until we get to Joshua 7, he did not go into a battle unless God said go. And in Joshua 7, you'll see what happens when he did not do that. And the casualty that happened, And how he had to go back and get feedback from God. What did I miss? And God told him, you go find him. Then it got fixed. And then they had victory. It's not to say we're going to be perfect doing this. It's not to say we're going to not make costly mistakes. But I promise you, the more we stay connected to God, the more we stay in communication with God, successfully conveying messages between one another, Less likely we're going to let things slip through the cracks, y'all. And we're going to be able to be steadfast and complete the various time He's given us. Amen? Amen. Give God some praise on today.
0: Thank you for listening to another awesome and fulfilling word from God. We hope that you not only enjoyed the word of God, but that you took something away to use, work on, or learn more about over the next days, weeks, months, and years. Please visit our social media outlets as well as our website, mbdmdsm.com, to connect with us as we desire to stay connected with you. Have a great and blessed week, and remember, you are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose.